Next on BYU Sports Nation, projection party, and you're invited. What does ESPN's football power index now say about BYU's win-loss total? Radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, stops by Studio B. Where does BYU football need to make its biggest improvement during the bye week? Plus, a conference realignment for one BYU team. And how many guaranteed wins does BYU football have left on the schedule? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts... Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Back to work. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, September 20th. Wherever and however you have chosen to dial in, welcome, my friends. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a power podcast downloader. Jason Shepard. I really have gotten into the podcast. I, I have a, 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 at least for right now, have a little bit longer uh, commute to and from work. And so it, it's perfect timing to fit in a, in a podcast. And I've really found some good. I branched out. Ben Bagley, our producer, has given me some great uh, tips on which ones to li- Fantastic. Uh, do share, Jason. The rewatchables. Ah, okay. the rewatchables. Yep, have no idea. It's it's with Bill Simmons, and I'm not a Bill Simmons sports fan. Bill Simmons talking rewatchable movies. Big fan of. <laughs> do you listen on one and a half speed or two times speed, or do you listen? No, 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 no. Perfect speed. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get through these quick. I want to enjoy. Soak that in. Yeah, just regular speed. Okay, Jared Jordan be... is a double speed guy or a one and a half speed guy. Yeah, that's just it, that. It messes with my head. I just can't do that. <laughs> Isn't it funny that we have that option now? In I know. Well, I want to listen to all of these podcasts, so I'm going to listen to them on double speed. Yeah, but see, here's what's happening. Like, we already have these things in our lives that have messed things up to where, like, you want to fast forward through everything, or you want to, you know, uh, zoom in. Like, if you can't read something, you want to, like, push on it and try and zoom in. Like, things that have happened in our lives that kind of messed up everyday life. If you get to the point where you have to listen to somebody talking at double speed, you're going to want to start doing that in normal conversations with yes. people. <laughs> Can like, you hurry this you're up? You're boring me. I I've need got, you to speak this up. I've got somewhere to be. <laughs> like, it's just, it's going to happen. I just can't do that yet. Yeah, we're to the point with technology where I have an old school iPod <laughs> that my six-year-old was looking at, and he was trying to zoom in on the yeah, screen. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you actually need to use the spinner wheel. And he's like, what is this? <laughs> this is archaic. This is so dumb. What is this? Uh, speaking of podcasts, shout out to BYU Sports Nation fans. And you can listen to it however you want. Double speed, one and a half, or half speed. That's actually good for a <laughs> laugh or two. Okay, The podcast had over 97,000 downloads in the month of August. So thank you. How thank you, that? BYU Sports Nation. We were thrilled to have those numbers come in. Now tell your friends that they shouldn't miss a moment of the show and to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you like to access your podcast. Just follow, just, You can tweet Jason. Yes. He has all of the details. Yes. Selfishly, we want to see that number climb into the six-figure area, right? We want to go over 100,000 downloads a month. You know what? Here's the deal. How about we do this? And I'm pretty sure Jerem would be okay with us saying this. Let's say that if during one month's time we can reach at least 100,000, Jerem will shave his head. <laughs> How about that? You think he's on board with that? 
No. In fact, <laughs> let me see. if he's hearing this, I was going to say, let's see how long it takes right for him now. to tweet me or yeah. text me right now. He's tweeting you face punch or something <laughs> right now. That's not happening. I'm not. I'm not. You know, giving up Jerem's <laughs> hair for a hundred thousand. And we'll also auction off Jason's 401k. What? How about that? No, no, no. Eject, eject, (laughs) no. In all seriousness, thank you, BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Thrilled to see uh, the podcast growing and and look forward to that trend developing in a a great way. Bring on the headlines as well. Your BYU Sports Nation headlines. We know some stuff about the Cleveland Browns and former BYU receiver Jordan Leslie now. He has been signed to the practice squad. Not a shocker. He had a good preseason. Leslie spent the offseason with Cleveland but was released before it began. Now he's back and hoping to become just maybe, just maybe the next Cougar to see NFL game action this season? He performed very well for Cleveland. I was a little surprised, and I'm sure it was just a numbers game. I thought he had a chance to stick, and hopefully you know, this is something that, uh, that will pan out for him as this goes on. Former BYU fullback Algernon Algie Brown worked out for the Green Bay Packers on Tuesday. This, according to ESPN Packers reporter Rob Domofsky, Brown had previously been with the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Jets this season. BYU Director of Athletics, Tom Holmo, announced the promotion of three athletic department employees, Brian Santiago, named Deputy Athletics Director. Doesn't that just sound like super manly and official? Deputy. Deputy Athletics Director. That is a cool title. Liz Darger has been named Senior Associate Athletics Director, and Trevor Wilson, now an Associate Dean of Students. He does a ton of work with BYU and their student athletes with the student part, right? Yeah. I mean, he spends a lot of time helping BYU stay above the fray when it comes to, you know, going to class and scoring high on tests, stuff like that. That's that's an important part of BYU's program. So yeah. congratulations to all three. Absolutely. Women's golf finished tied for fourth at the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate. Kendra Dalton and Rose Huang both had top 20 finishes. Rise and shout. <laughs> It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Projection. Rejection. After BYU's less than desirable start to the 2017 college football season, I have heard everything on the BYU fan spectrum from BYU will win the rest of their games, Jason. They're going to go 11-3. and It's going to be okay. To, oh, BYU's not even going to make a bowl game. The truth is, it's likely somewhere in the middle, right? It always is. In fact, ESPN's Football Power Index has already flip-flopped like a politician on two games they called for BYU to win before the season began, and now they're projected losses. Listen to this, Jason. Boise State in Provo. 35% chance to win that game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Against Boise State. This is a series where the team in the last five years that has played at home has won the game. And now Boise State is a projected winner in Provo and not close. I mean, 65% chance for the for the Boise State Broncos to come in here and win that game. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, the home team has had such an advantage in recent years. And going into this season, you looked at that game as like, okay, BYU's got Boise State at home. This is exactly where they want. So to see 35%, that's pretty shocking. However, not as shocking as the next one. Uh, yeah. 
BYU at Fresno State in November. An underdog. What? 44%. The Jeff Tedford factor at (laughs) Fresno State. Look, look, I understand BYU's not playing great right now. We get it. Ranked 77th in the current FPI, by the way. we, We get it. We get it. I'm still finding it hard to believe that they're an underdog at Fresno State. I'm sorry. That that's I'm finding that hard to believe. Wow. I mean, has it really come to that statistically? Let's keep it rolling, shall we, with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has a projected 75% or better chance of winning only two of its remaining games. This according to the Football Power Index. Those two, San Jose State. Understandable. Where they have an 87.5% chance of winning. In Provo. And UMass, 86.5. Also in Provo. Those are the only two where their winning percentage is 75% or higher. Now, and though, pretty much that's saying, I guarantee yes. a win right there, right? Which leads us to today's Twitter question. What games left on BYU's schedule do you consider guaranteed wins? <laughs> There's nine games remaining on the schedule. Okay. Of those nine, how many are you guaranteeing BYU wins? ESPN's FPI says two, San Jose State and UMass. It's okay. craziness. All right. It's crazy. You want me to go first? <laughs> How about we read a tweet? <laughs> uh, at B7 Barnes. Okay. I'm only confident in UMass, San Jose State, and East Carolina if our offense gets up and running. Pun intended. Uh, Hashtag yes. go Cougs. Yes. I'm glad that East Carolina was thrown into the mix. Have you watched East Carolina play this year? They're not good. They're struggling. Yes, they're struggling. Like, mightily. And there are a number of reasons that go into that. New staff. uh, They lost a bunch of recruits to different schools when the old staff left. Like, that is a program that is in a world of hurt. So I would put that team for sure, like at B7 Barnes, in my guaranteed win category. Well, the the, F, the football power index has that at 71.9%. See, I you know what? Like, I understand it's not 75%, but that's pretty darn close. I'd put that up towards 80. I mean, East Carolina had a listen, last Saturday, it a 16 to nothing lead on Virginia Tech, which was like, "Whoa, at home in Greenville, where BYU is going to play this right. year." And then Virginia Tech rattled off, I think, like 59 consecutive points or something and won 59 to 16. That was the high point for East Carolina this season, a 16-point a lead against Virginia Tech at home, and then they lose by 40-plus. <laughs> like, it's, it's not good, okay? And it's the reality of college football. Some programs are just in a serious state of flux and – can't get the recruits that everybody wants. Like it, it's hard. It's hard. The funny thing is, BYU is in a similar situation with teams like UMass, San Jose State, and East Carolina when it comes to one <laughs> major bloggers poll. And we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> Look, <laughs> this question would be so much easier if the word guaranteed 
were replaced with expected. Oh, no, 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 no. But that's don't you the, think? That's the beauty of it. Yes, I know that's the beauty of it. It's also what makes it so much more difficult. <laughs> because, look, when you look at the football power index, uh-huh. why is BYU dropping in the percentages? Why have two games switched? Is it because they've lost three in a row? No. No, because the competition has been really good. It's how they've competed. It's, it's, it's the offensive production. All of this is stat-driven. It's statistical analysis. On what has been done. Yes, on what has been done so far. Doesn't take into consideration who they have played the games against. That it's is correct. Straight, it's just straight up that stats. Is, that is correct. So the reason that these numbers are falling is because the offensive production hasn't been there. So when that starts to improve, and we all expect it to improve, those numbers will start to go up, theoretically. I mean, you look at the contrast from last year to this year. BYU started 1-3 in 2016, but they averaged almost double the points. Points allowed pretty similar, but the total yards was not close. Right. It's just – and I don't know how much of that – is contingent on the difficulty of the schedule to the offense just not working. Okay, It's probably a mix of both. Again, we meet in the middle there. But that said, I'm still guaranteeing four wins, Jason. Like, I seriously. BYU benefits from playing some really, really poor college football teams in the back half. I'm going to add UNLV to UMass, San Jose State, and East Carolina. You want to be lost to Howard, Sam Boyd Stadium. <laughs> a guy named Howard. Just one guy. In Lavelle Edwards Stadium South. Like, four. Four, okay? I want to go more, but I'm reining it back just a little. Yeah, look, here's here. I, I mentioned to change the word guarantee to expect. I expect. No, did you, I, no don't no, no, cheat no, it. But, but, no, but listen. Don't no, no, cheat no, the no, system. Listen. No, but listen. I expect BYU to win seven of nine. I expect. Okay. Guarantee? I'm with you. I'm at like three or four. Okay. I think that's, I think that's about right. Okay. I, I think UMass. I think East Carolina. I think San Jose State. And I'm... You're wish-washy on UNLV? No, I want to go UNLV. Okay. What I'm wishy-washy, and I've said this all, all season long. Everyone was like, beware of that Hawaii game. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. BYU is going to go into Hawaii and win that game going away. That's the one that I'm now like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> but it's the last game of the year. These offensive problems will not be here then. Well, it's Thanksgiving weekend, and it's Hawaii. And Hawaii does not like the BYU. So I'm with you. I will, I will guarantee at least four. Okay. I'm comfortable with Utah that. Utah State, Fresno State, Hawaii. Again, that Fresno State being, you know, less that, – that's crazy to me that Fresno State is now favored in that game, but – it is what it is. Let's take it to the Twitter machine, my friends. What games left on the BYU schedule do you consider guaranteed wins? Tweet, tweet. At Art Director BYU, UMass and San Jose State at home are the only wins I feel very confident about. He's with ESPN's FPI. Right. Everything else is on the road. Or a good team. Or a good team on the road. <laughs> no confidence in the Cougars away from Provo. At Greg Rosenhan, right now all I can say is don't sleep on East Carolina. Stop it. They want more than anything to beat BYU. Why do, 
What? Does East Carolina have a rivalry with BYU now? Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Coming up, we'll read more of your tweets. Plus, BYU finds itself on a top 25 list that it probably doesn't want to be on. Yeah. And what does BYU need to fix during the bye week? The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is bumping on the Twitter machine. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Don't miss tonight's Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel on BYU Radio. Greg will have women's golf coach Kerry Roberts, former Cougar linebacker Brian Keel, and this guy over here, Spencer Linton, I hear will lead off the program. That's all coming up 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight on BYU Radio. I can't believe I was invited back, but I'll take it. <laughs> Our Twitter question, what games left on the BYU schedule do you consider guaranteed wins at PB Carter 3? All of them besides Mississippi State, Boise State, and Hawaii. The Cougs are going to take out their frustrations on Utah State in two weeks, 32-17. Oh, he's even going with a score. I like that. Save that tweet. It's always nice when it works out and it's close, right? Because then you'd be like, see, I knew. See? I knew. I called it. I called it. Joining us now, a man I guarantee will entertain you today in Studio B, Greg Rebell. Greg, welcome back to the show. Hello, Spencer. Jason. So uh, let's talk about behind the mic tonight and how things are uh, going with the program thus far. Let's see, we're what five weeks into this now? Uh, more than that, I think. Last, more than that? Yeah, last time you came on was a show one, which was I think August second. Oh, so are we like nine weeks into this thing? We're eight or nine shows in, probably. Wow! And so we we've worked our way around back to you. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Opening the show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Kerry Roberts on the show. Brian Keel. Uh, Brian Keel. Will be entertaining. I, I will guarantee you that. He, he does not lack for an opinion. I think all three of our guests will be entertaining tonight. I guarantee it. Yes! Oh, look at that. Yes. And along those lines, our Twitter question today. <laughs> I, know, I know that this puts you in a tough position because you're the guy that just calls it as it happens. But what games left on the BYU schedule do you look at as, okay, BYU should win this game? Yeah, I'm taking a pass on this one. <laughs> I, I'm a narrator, I'm a commentator, I'm not a prognosticator. <laughs> My job is to call the games, not predict the games. So uh, I, I'll just say that I think the Utah State game is a really linchpin game. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot about what's going to happen can be determined by how BYU plays in Logan a week from Friday. So I'm very intrigued. I think it's a compelling contest, and uh, I think a lot of what we might expect in the back half will be uh, determined on how well BYU plays in that game at Utah State. I think it's fascinating. What do you make of, we've been talking about the, the football power index and, and now BYU, two games that BYU was looked at favorably, the positive um, percentage in terms of winning now. They're below the home game against Boise State, on the road at Fresno State, which still baffles me. What, what do you make of those those changes? Well, the Fresno State game is kind of a, I mean, it's not overwhelming. It's kind of a pick em right now. But yeah, after the first four weeks, you have to adjust based on what you've seen. Uh, from the team. Uh, so I don't, th- I don't think it's crazy that uh, some, some projections have, have modified. BYU's played four games, and their performance in those four games is going to affect uh, how people think about the remaining nine games, clearly. Um, I, I, I think every game is going to pose its own set of challenges. But it, at the same time, this is kind of how things roll at BYU. They were 1-3 and three last year through four games, and they finished 9-4. and four. If you look at BYU in the era of independence, 
Yeah, September is going to be probably a barely above 500 month, and that's what it's been. Then October and November are high wind months. You front load your schedule, you play the tougher teams, and then you play the more manageable teams, the back part of the schedule. That's kind of how it's been almost every year. Yeah, and, what, uh, what would ESPN's FPI be if BYU, let's say, opened up against San Jose State, UMass, and Fresno State? It would be a different story, don't you think? Yeah, and, and you can look through from 2011 to now and, and see things play out kind of the way they have played out this year. Now, to a greater extent because of how BYU struggled in the margins of defeat, but they played back-to-back-to-back ranked teams, uh, didn't beat any of them, and, uh, and find themselves under 500 uh, four games in. Uh, the, the September-August record uh, through in independence is just a little over 500, and then they really make up for it in October, November, December. Yeah. What is the best part about having this bye week right now for BYU football? Uh, a chance to, again, self-scout, figure out you know, who's doing things well, uh, how to get those guys on the field, uh, where BYU's maybe had some success, uh, maybe get rid of some things that aren't working so well, uh, and, and really just to make kind of a chance to mentally regroup and, and reset. Um, I, I think that's a positive right now. It, it comes at a good time for BYU because of how things have gone. I think they have to kind of reconvene and convince themselves that, that you know, they're not as bad as things look in the last uh, three weeks. Um, it's a very tough run. It's a very tough slate. And uh, I, I think the important thing is to restore confidence and, and be able to play a week from Friday a game that shows that you can be the team you thought you'd be at the start of the year. You said that the, you thought the Utah State game was a linchpin game. So in terms of an on-the-field uh, answer, what do you believe is the biggest improvement BYU needs to make prior to the game against the Aggies? Well, I, I, hope, I hope what they're able to do here in, in games moving forward is be a little more disruptive uh, against the opposing team's pass attacks. I'm going to give you three numbers. 84, 76, 95. What are those three numbers? Oh, no. Are those the pass completion percentages? Of the last three opponents. Oh. Okay. That's got to come down considerably. 84, 76, 95. Okay. So, so BYU in defensive pass efficiency is not rating very well right now. They're about 109th nationally. Good news of the last nine opponents on the schedule, four of them are below BYU in that <laughs> category, defensive, including Utah State. So hopefully BYU can be a little more disruptive relative to the pass game uh, and, and see that pass completion percentage against it go down. Again, Utah State's one of those teams uh, that's actually below BYU in defensive pass efficiency, so perhaps the Cougars' pass attack gets a little bit on track as well. That's the thing. Uh, of the teams that are going to play here in the back half, the eight-line games this season, uh, many of those teams are currently struggling to defend against the pass. And I think uh, going back to what's more important what's important about the bye week is it gives Bo Hodge now uh, a full two-week run-up to his next game. Um, he had a sense he was going to play, of course, in, in the last game and had a week of rep, a week of prep. But uh, another full two weeks for he and Ty and the receivers to get in sync, I think will help too. What, what did you make of Bo? I mean, I, I understand that there, he didn't have a ton of opportunities. He had the two picks. But I, I, I didn't come away with that thinking that the, the moment was too big for him. Now he can run around a bit and make some things happen. I mean, we, we saw, again, only the second rushing third down conversion of the season in that game, courtesy of the quarterback. And that's something that Taysom did so frequently at BYU. He was uh, the go-to guy on third downs, throw it or run it. And we finally got a third down conversion rushing. And it was from Bo Hodge, not surprisingly. So he can do that for you. And again, yeah, I, I think there was a... Uh, he, did, he didn't look like the, like, like the moment was too big for him, and, and, and he was uh, totally flustered. I, I think it was a tough opponent against which to open. 
uh, in your first collegiate start. But uh, again, a full two weeks and playing a team like Utah State, I think should uh, put Bo in a good spot. And I think uh, more as importantly is finding out you know who your go-to guys are as receivers right now and implementing them more. I uh, uh, Maybe we'll talk about Mike Simon a bit when we talk about maybe who, guys who've impressed through the first four games, but he's certainly one of them. Okay, yeah, so let's go there. Statistically speaking, and throw in the eye test a little bit. Who's been the most impressive player for BYU through the first four weeks? And I hate to cop out and, and pick a few guys, but I want to kind of hit different parts of the field. And, and Fred Warner, uh, defensively, uh, you know, two-thirds of his tackles have been solos. He leads the team in tackles. Two-thirds are by himself. He's got multiple tackles for loss. He's got a fumble recovery, a fumble force, a pass breakup. He's probably been the most impactful guy, not surprisingly. But Fred's been uh, very visible, and he's had to be. So I like Fred. Uh, special teams, uh, Johnny Linehan's been very reliable. Uh, I, I tweeted this stat out yesterday, but BYU's pass efficiency, or rather punt efficiency, it's kind of a boutique stat, but it's a percentage of punts that are either net of 38 or better or inside the 20 and or inside the 20. 84% of BYU's punts have been quote-unquote efficient, and that's about 20% better than the national average. So Johnny and the punt team, and that goes you know for the punt cover and everyone else, have done a good job that way. Even while BYU loses the field position game substantially right now, uh, the punt game has been something to rely upon. And then offensively, uh, a true freshman, Matt Bushman, leads the team in receptions, receiving yards. You like that. And then I'm going to go to uh, Micah Simon. He's only been targeted uh, eight times, okay, but he has six catches. Huh. Okay, And of the six catches, four are third-down conversions. So he leads the team in third-down conversions with very few reps, relatively speaking. And of those eight targets, six he catches – and the other two are overthrows. One's a, uh, a Tanner Mangum throw away on the sidelines, and then one, the other one was last week when it was just beyond. He, tried, he got out with one hand, right? And Mike Simon got one hand on it. So really, when the ball is in his catch radius, he's making it. And so uh, I, I like Micah for that reason, and hopefully he continues to see more reps and make more plays. What kind of impact do you expect having Ula as the featured guy make moving forward, beginning with Utah State. And back to the bye week, he benefits. Uh, if he's not been fully healthy, this gives him one more week of, of non-game action to get there. And he's going to have to be, I think, your workhorse guy. We hoped we, he'd get 20 carries last week. Ended up with 13 Probably more a function of game script than anything else. If he didn't get to 20, uh, they were behind and behind early and threw more. But uh, I hope that Ula becomes and can be a 20-carry-a-game uh, guy for BYU. How much are you thinking about BYU basketball in this moment, because don't blink. <laughs> it's close. They start in a few weeks. Yeah, what really helped was uh, I got into the annex on the weekend for their alumni day, and that is where all kinds of former players and coaches and current players and coaches were all there together. And there were pick up with the there was pickup games with the older guys, and then the practice with the newer guys, and that really got uh, the blood running for basketball. So uh, it'll be here soon enough. And I, I, I bought my preseason basketball magazines a couple weeks ago, and we're getting into those. And so it's that time of year, and uh, it'll be here soon enough. And uh, I, I, I I'm genuinely intrigued by uh, by the combination of players BYU will be able to put out there this year, and maybe how they might look a little different from last year. Uh, I think we'll see more threes in the air than we saw last season, and hopefully a lot more made. And uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think intrigue is the word of the week, right? Because yeah. of the Utah State linchpin game and then BYU basketball, a lot of questions swirling around that program. Uh, and intrigue certainly for the next cool thing about Canada. Now, this thing might get less intriguing as we go. <laughs> <laughs> a thing that. about Canada. And some probably say it's already gotten to that point. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. So uh, NHL preseason has started. Preseason games are underway in the National Hockey League, which means that uh, unofficially the quest for the Stanley Cup is underway. Not really, but kind of. 
Uh, here's the deal. That's the Stanley Cup. Okay. That is uh, that 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 cup was first awarded in 1892. Okay. Best trophy in sports in my it's got opinion. Got some history. Uh, clearly, I mean, there's no, there's no debate. It's the best trophy in sports. So it's been awarded for a long, long time. 1892. So the thing about this is, it's the only trophy of the four big sports: MLB, NFL, Major League Baseball, and hockey that is not made new every year. This one, of course, is passed. As you can tell, it gets passed around year to year to year. Every other major professional sports trophy, they build, they, they, they make a new one every year for the next team, the next team, the next team. And, and so everyone can have trophies. Only one team gets that trophy. That's the cool thing about Canada is the Stanley Cup is one of a kind, and it doesn't get, it doesn't get remade every year. It's one trophy, and you just pass it from the next one team to the next. And by the way, by the way, Major League Baseball and uh, the NFL – those trophies are only 50 years old. 1967 was when they first came into being, and the NBA trophy is only 40 years old. This one's over 100 years old. That's amazing. Eventually, though, years old. eventually, though, it is going to run out of room. Well, no, it does run out of room, and so there's only five removable bands, and so when they get their full, they take a band off and put a new one on. So some, okay. you know, the old, 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 old teams are off it already. But, no, you get on the name, and you stay on there for years and years. Oh, and years. That's, that is yeah. fantastic. And being able to take it, like each member of the team gets to take it. It's, it's, that's again, awesome. That best, is pretty cool. It's the cool. best thing in sports. I've always wanted to be a handler for the Stanley Cup. Like, how does one get that job? I don't know, but I've touched the Stanley Cup. Oh. I have done that. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Did they know? I handled it. I did handle it. I'm not the handler, yeah, but was, I handled it. Is this approved? Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff, Greg. All right. We appreciate the time. We'll see you tonight. Don't be late. I, w- I won't. Okay. Behind the mic, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, with Greg Rebell, Kerry Roberts, Brian Keel, and myself. Our Twitter question today, what games left on the BYU schedule do you consider guaranteed wins at Laser Sheep? Fresno State. Wow disagrees with ESPN. In fact, BYU is an underdog in that game now. UNLV, UMass are the guaranteed wins. I know most people would have San Jose State on that list, but they always play BYU tough. Hashtag BYUSN. Uh, at MadCougar86, nothing is guaranteed with the way the team is playing, but one guaranteed win is Satake's love is Satake loves his players. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. we can guarantee that. What's coming up? A big chance for BYU men's soccer. Head coach Brandon the Hammer Gilliam joins us. Oh, my goodness. Who gets that? Also, a top 25 list BYU happens to fall on that they probably don't want to be on. Stay with us. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Once again, thanks to the over 97,000 of you who downloaded the BYU Sports Nation podcast in the month of August. Join them. Don't miss a moment of BYU Sports Nation. Subscribe. And, yes, download on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere our podcasts are available. Women's soccer looks to make it two wins in a row on Friday when they host UVU at Southfield. An excellent win for the BYU women's soccer team Monday afternoon against Kansas. They went 3-2 to two, but found themselves down one nothing scored three in a row. Nice bounce-back win for them. You can check out Friday's match, 9 p.m. Eastern, on BYU TV. Refreshing today's BYUS and headlines, the Cleveland Browns signed former BYU receiver Jordan Leslie to the practice squad. He spent the entire offseason, basically, with the Browns, had a good preseason, and now he and Kainakua are once again teammates of sorts. Sort of. Yeah. 
Hopefully he makes it. I thought he deserved to make the roster. We'll see if that happens as the season goes on. Former BYU fullback Algie Brown worked down for the Green Bay Packers on Tuesday. This according to ESPN Packers reporter Rob Domofsky. Brown had previously been with the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Jets. BYU Director of Athletics Tom Homo announcing the promotion of three athletic department employees. Brian Santiago named Deputy Athletics Director. Liz Darger named Senior Associate Athletics Director and Trevor Wilson now an Associate Dean of Students. Women's golf finished tied for fourth at the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate. Kendra Dalton and Rose Huang both had top 20 finishes. Okay, Jason, we've talked about it a few times on the show today. (laughs) The top 25 list that BYU wants no part of, yet the Cougars and the football program find themselves on this. In fact, I think it's called the bottom 25, isn't it? Yeah, calling it the top 25 is probably misleading. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not the top 25. Okay, here's the deal. BYU has gotten off to an historically slow start offensively, and it has made for a situation like we find on CBS Sports bottom 25 where we find the cougars at what position jason uh if i were a professional athlete i would wear number 17 that is where the cougars sit number 17 17 on the bottom 25 yeah look like you said this is not and it's not so much the record because as we've talked about and we talked about with greg when he was in BYU has started one and three before. They started one and three last year. So it's, it's not so much the record, especially when you look at the fact of the teams that BYU has played. You know, two top 15 teams, a very good team in the University of Utah. It's, it's the way the team is losing, and it's the lack of production uh, from areas that you thought uh, you would have that production uh, early in the year. So it's mostly about that that BYU finds themselves on this list. Now, the description in this bottom 25 is so uh, hurtful yeah, we're not gonna, <laughs> that I'm not going to no, read it. No. Okay, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> We know that it hasn't been good, but 17. Here's the good news for BYU, Jason. There are some other teams is this? on this <laughs> list. Is this good news? That BYU sees on the back half of its schedule, including Utah State, number 20. San Jose State at number 13, the Minutemen of UMass at number 10, and the number one team in the bottom 25, the Pirates of East Carolina. Oh, and I misspoke earlier. I said the Pirates, uh, they had like a 16-point lead, or it was 17-7 against Virginia Tech. They lost 64-17. to They gave up 64 Unanswered points on here. We can read East home Carolina's field. description. Yes. We don't represent them. Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> says, please, please do. Yeah, it says uh, the Pirates had a seventeen to seven lead on Virginia Tech after the first quarter. They ended up losing sixty four to seven. That's championship effort. Ah, yes, that is championship <laughs> effort. Okay, UMass four losses by September twentieth. Slow and steady wins the race. UMass, <laughs> San Jose State in its three games against FBS programs. San Jose State is losing by an average of thirty eight points per game. Okay, all right, and now for Utah State at number twenty, the Aggies got crushed by Wake Forest, but hey, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> these these are brutal, brutal, but. 
it plays into why I feel like BYU has guaranteed wins now at this point, right? Look, I loved what Greg said in terms of the Utah State game being that linchpin game. I, this is such a big game for not only getting production from the BYU football team, but it is, as he mentioned and obvious, is the fact that from a confidence standpoint, to kind of right the ship that way, so having this bye week is, is perfect heading into that game. Yeah, I feel like this is the Toledo game all over again. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. Because if BYU doesn't win that game, then all of a sudden the Cougars are 1-4 going to Michigan State. They're in a similar situation this year with Boise State looming after Utah State. All right. Come on, people, what's coming? A former Cougar back in the NFL. We'll tell you who and where coming up in the whip. And why a conference realignment for a BYU team is a big deal. A team that calls Southfield home. Brandon Gilliam joins us next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, our daily rebroadcast Airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. If you missed yesterday's After Further Review, you can catch the rebroadcast immediately following BYU Sports Nation at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian on AFR coming up right after BYU Sports Nation. What games left on the BYU football schedule do you consider guaranteed wins? At JNails21 says, besides Boise and Mississippi State, (laughs) BYU should win every game by 20-plus. (laughs) <laughs> now the snark is is thick here okay. but it would have been better if it were what is it what's jerem 16 or 17 17 plus okay yeah so that would you know oh he wanted to outdo jerem there yeah he, he wanted to take that listen we, we've talked a lot about some sad numbers how about some positivity this from uh one of our student assistants in the production team maddie smith since 2005 byu's win percentage in november Second only to the Ohio State. The Brigham Young University, I think, is what you're wanting to say. Look into that however you want, but it's a positive stat, okay? And we need it today. We also need some more positivity for BYU men's soccer because they are making a huge move. And here to join us is the head coach, Brandon Gilliam, of BYU men's soccer. Brandon, the move from the PDL now to university club soccer has put your life in fast forward. Extremely fast forward. How you how you hold? Not, I mean, you got instead of a game next May, you've got a game now. Right. So we turn around, we play a game on Friday. So we're excited. Yeah. I mean, what else can you be? Right. You jump right into it and you get going. When did this conversation start to be like, okay, I think it's time for a change. We need to go to university club soccer. Yeah. There's been a bit of a discussion over a couple of years now, just um, weighing in on the PDL and the benefits and and the things that it offers. Um, and so there's been a little bit of it behind the scenes, um, but the final decision was made in August, and we move forward with it. So explain what this means yeah. for BYU men's soccer to move out of the PDL. So when we when we are a collegiate club, um, we won seven national titles over a nine-year period. And then in 2002, that was our final year in collegiate club. Uh, we still went to the national finals on that year, um, and then we made the adjustment. And the reason being is because we were looking for just a higher level competition. Um, and now we've been in it for 15 years, and the competition's fantastic, but the, the issue is it pulls us away from the, the university and the students because it plays May, June, and July. And so the adjustment now is to kind of regain and bring us back into more of the university and the excitement of the student body and things like that. And so it's a big part for us, an exciting part for us, to get back into kind of that connection with the university. So this is not like... 
relegation of sorts. If we're no. talking about soccer, or like ah, uh, we don't. The the competition has gotten too tough. We want to come back down. It's it's strictly you just want to be with the university. Yeah, I mean we're a university sport, and so if we can't connect with the student body because of our league, then we have to look at other options. And right now, this is our best option. You were saying now, obviously you have you have a you have a match coming up Friday, yep. but you had tryouts. You just finished tryouts this yeah. morning. Talk about a quick turnaround, right? So the the good part is we finished up our main season in July. Um, and so the players shouldn't be too rusty going into this. We have a lot of returning, but we also have a lot of new. We have, what is it, five returning freshmen or uh, missionaries who got home in August. So for them, it's going to be a bit tougher, right? They were expecting to come home, having an off season during the fall, getting back into shape. <laughs> they have to go right away. But so. missions are such an advantage, yes. Brandon, for athletes. Huge advantage. <laughs> you're faster, you're quicker, you're stronger when you come home. <laughs> okay, what's going to happen on Friday? Where are you playing? What's going down? Yeah, so we got USU, so we'll go up to Utah State. We have a game up at 5 o'clock on Friday. And uh, instead of figuring out things at practice, we'll probably figure things out at the game, right? Okay, yeah, le- so, learn while you go. Right? We have, uh, we have up till regional tournament will be held here in Utah um, and it'll be held end of October. So basically we have two months to prep for that um, through our games. So um, it is a quick start, but it's also we have time to get us where we need to be. So, so what else can you tell us about the, the 2017 Cougars? Who are some of the, the guys that, that people want to pay attention to? I mean, what, what are your expectations? Um, so some returning uh, missionaries that we expect some big things out of this year, um, Christian Bain, who comes back and and when he was a freshman, he stepped right on the field and played games before he left. Um, and then we'll have uh, new goalkeepers who step in this year. So our two starters from the summer um, aren't with us. And so we'll expect some, some people to really step up in that area. But um, some of the returning players would be like Taylor Fankhauser in the middle of the, the, middle of the field. We expect him to lead. Um, same thing with Tanner Whitworth. Um, those are some of the players we're really expecting. Mitch Mitchell Scott on our back line, he's our most vocal player, and he'll be a big part of keeping us organized as you add new players into the mix. Okay, in terms of expectations and, I mean, what's, what's the end goal? Like, I know you want to win national championships yep. at, the, at the club level, but, I mean, what, where does that fall on the, uh, the realm of ex- expectations? Yeah, we'll start that. We'll go after it this fall, right? We expect to go to nationals this fall and win, win a national championship. You know, we went 93, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, and then skipped a year, went 2001. And so um, over that period, we won it, and we expect to step back in it and win it again. Wow, okay. And so, yeah, the pressure's on us for it, for sure. I mean, you, you go from a league like the PDL, and we competed well. Um, playoffs are a lot harder to get into on that league, mm-hmm. um, but the players should be very capable of going and looking to win a national title. Who's the big dog in club soccer right now? Uh, over the last couple of years, you see Virginia won a national t- title, UNC, I think Ohio before that. So those are the last couple of years. Um, and so there's some big names in there that, that continue to stay up at the top each year. So, Is there a change maybe in, in style in the, in the two games? Is, is there any much. change? Yeah, what, what would be those changes? So the, the PDL is kind of centered around kind of your FIFA rules and your professional, right? It's the path to pro. And so in the PDL, you only get six subs max. And so you have to more or less how long you can last, right? In the college game, you can almost sub pretty constantly, right? And so um, PDL, you have 18 on your roster for game day. Our roster, every player will be on 
for every game, and that means they can all be used. And so the subbing process becomes very different, which means it's usually a more uh, high-tempo, not a faster game, but just people working a little bit harder because they know they can be subbed out if they get tired, right? Or the PDL, you can't do that. And so if you overwork yourself and you can't recover, you're in a really bad spot. All right, let's give you some karma for uh, the season opener against Utah State on Friday. Appreciate it. And a home match against Utah on the 27th. Yes. So that'll be our kickoff, and, you know, we invite everybody to come out. Um, Hopefully we get a nice big crowd at that game. And that's kind of the thing. My freshman year was 2002, our last year, and we had great crowds. And the student body would come out, and we haven't had that the same, and so we're hoping to to regain that. Oh, they'll show up for the Utah match. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Now, uh, did you bring us something here? Always, right? So the players sign that. We always bring something out. Uh, Make sure to give you guys something. We appreciate having us on. New swag for the set. Yeah. It's got the signatures here on the back. Pretty sweet. Yes. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you very much. The karma transfer is official. (laughs) (laughs) And good luck against Utah State on Friday. Appreciate it. Holy cow. Talk about a busy, busy week for Brandon Gilliam and BYU men's soccer as they make a major change. It is official. And uh, here we go. Here we go. Coming up, women's golf with a top five finish. We'll tell you more coming up in just a minute. Also, more of your responses to the Twitter question. What games left on the schedule do you consider guaranteed wins? Hot takes coming in, baby. (laughs) And will there be another Cougar in Green Bay? It could happen. The whip around. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Greg Rebell, and the head coach of BYU men's soccer, Brandon Gilliam. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, still, Brian Billick and Dennis Pitta there's from no, Parts Unknown. Yeah, there's no bye week for those guys. Of course not. How about we, uh, speaking of no bye week, there's no bye week for the whip. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Cleveland Browns signed former BYU receiver Jordan Leslie to the practice squad. Leslie spent most of the offseason with the Browns, but was released before the season began. Former BYU fullback Algie Brown worked out with the Green Bay Packers on Tuesday, according to ESPN Packers reporter Rob Domofsky. Brown had previously spent time with the Seahawks and the New York Jets. Athletics News. BYU Director of Athletics Tom Holmo today announced the promotion of three athletic department employees. Brian Santiago has been named Deputy Athletics Director. Liz Darger has been named Senior Associate Athletics Director. And Trevor Wilson is now an Associate Dean of Students. Golf. Women's golf finished tied for fourth at the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate. Kendra Dalton and Rose Huang still really good. They both had top 20 finishes. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. You need a most. DexterLaw.com. First and foremost, Jason, I want to give it to the entire BYU men's soccer program and specifically their coach, Brandon Gilliam. He just finished tryouts this morning. They have a game on Friday. They finished their PDL season in July. Hello! He said he had over 100 guys trying out and some guys that, uh, that he thought, you know, Maybe has to maybe have a chance. Showed up and impressed. Absolutely. Utah State this Friday, and then a home match against the University of Utah at Southfield on the twenty seventh. His his story about the return missionaries who came home and thought they were going to have like a full off season to get yeah, ready. Nope, nope. You're going to be playing on Friday. Holy cow! Five minutes into the match, coach. Yeah, exactly. Sub me out. Yeah. 
we're, we're going to take advantage of those, those subs because I need, to get a, I need to get a breather right now. All right, what games left on the BYU football schedule? Played at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and other places. Do you consider guaranteed wins? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Kiwi Jackman. I was waiting for something like this. <laughs> I'm going to uh, Joe Namath this. And guarantee BYU winning out. Hashtag right. Look. What? <laughs> I, that, is, that is optimism, and I love it. I love it. I'm going I'm to go with that one. At Matt Arama 01. Matt Arama. Matt Arama 01 or 01, depending on how you like to say it. Little brother and everyone after Mississippi State. Hawaii could be tricky, but I'll guarantee it. Okay. So there's a 7-2, and two, right? A 7-2 and two pretty much guarantee that BYU will finish 8-5 in the regular season. Don't you think that the result of the Utah State game a week from Friday could significantly change everybody's opinion Absolutely. on the question 100%, today? which goes back to our Monday question, which was about DEFCON levels. Yes. If BYU lost in Logan then everyone's DEFCON level <laughs> would change. If, if BYU comes out and, and has the bye week and gets things going and the offense looks better, immediately all of the doom and gloom that you're hearing from fans, I think it goes away. And everybody's back on board. Oh, oh we're going to win out. We're going to win out the rest of the games. Get some With mojo. just one game. Yeah, get some mojo. Well, listen, being two and three and one and four, are entirely different dynamics. Yes. Just like last year when BYU survived Toledo 55-53 to get to 2-3, and and then they went on the road to Michigan State and handled a team that was not in a good position for the Spartans. But still, like it gave BYU the winning confidence they needed. At James, or Jams, ETS08 says, kills me to say this, I can't guarantee a win. I think BYU will be bowl eligible, but can't guarantee it. Not pretty, even against Portland State. So there is the other end of the spectrum. Which initially from winning winning out to not sure that they'll be bowl eligible, huh? Oh, my goodness. Our elite tweet of the day from at Crazy Cook Fanatic. Does the bye week count? Pretty sure BYU will win the bye week. Always win the BYU won three and one. Right. That one being a bye week win. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Show always on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast is popular. We told you about it. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to the entire BYU men's soccer team.